Hello, and welcome to episode 208 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And if you're good at math, 208 divided by 52 is 4. It's our four-year anniversary. We were so on the ball, we totally didn't notice until after the (laughs) pre-show. But it is our four-year anniversary. Well, happy anniversary, Brian. Thank you. Um... This is like the second longest relationship in my life. Uh, <laughs> um, so we were asked to talk about kind of like how we met and like kind of the origin story of the podcast. And it just so happens that the four year anniversary of the podcast is probably a good uh, time to do the uh, the origin story. Yeah, seem, seems fitting, even though it was completely coincidental. Yes. I mean... <laughs> Professional content creators, we knew exactly what we were doing. Come on now. Right, yeah. If uh, you would, subconsciously. Subconsciously. This episode because somewhere rattling around in here, I knew that today was four years. Yeah, so if you want to reach out to us on social media, say hey. Um, tell us about perhaps your villain origin story. Um, you Ooh. can uh, get at us on social media. All those links are in the description. Yeah, I want to hear what kind of vat you fell into. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I fell into it. We fell into a vat of spin downs. Yeah. <laughs> Not D20s, gonna spin downs. The next uh, Twitter thing is on, only vats. Only, only vats.com. <laughs> yeah, hit me up. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to support the show so we can get another four years out of this thing, uh, there's two ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com head on over to tcg player with that link and anything you do after that we will get credit for and help keep the show going um doesn't matter what you purchase you know however long you're in the site for as long as you use that link to get to tcg player we will get credit for the sale and we would appreciate that helps us out a lot we would. If you guys want to support us more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg um, I did not have a chance to get the give back sent out yet, um, but I will do it soon. I promise. They're right next to me. I just haven't haven't sent them out. Oh, so prob- probably this week. Speaking of give backs, I have to. We have a homework assignment. Okay. So I have to look for a card for Brad. Okay. And if we have it, we have to sign it and send it to him. Okay. So I've got I've got to get back on Twitter and find it. And then if you're going to send them out this week, I've got to, like, make sure I get it to you. Okay. Well, this is news to me, so let me know. <laughs> okay, I will. I will, I will, I will. Um, but, yeah, back to Patreon. Hit us up on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash MTG. Like we just said, patrons get our givebacks when I send them out, which should be very soon. So keep an eye on the mailbox for those. They're usually pretty cool. Um, patrons also get access to our pre-show more content from us Uh, kind of a grab bag you never really know what you're going to get and you get access to our pre-show or our uh, show notes so you know what we're going to be talking about the following week if you appreciate the work that we do and you want to support us you can chip a couple bucks in at patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg one more thing before we get into the show is our youtube channel make sure you go over subscribe watch a couple videos um they're pretty good yeah this does yeah go ahead sorry I was just going to say that you do draft content on Mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
The show has a video version that gets posted on Thursdays, and then I kind of do a grab bag of constructed on Tuesdays. Um, people seem to be enjoying it, so head yes. on over there and check it out. So the last two weeks have been Arena Cube, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to get back into the last few Brothers War drafts before um, m- it's March of the Machines, right? Or is this no, all will be one? All is one. All yeah. is one. I can't. I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. Before before that set starts, so go check it out. Yeah. All right. So, how did we get started doing this thing? Um, it just kind of happened. I think it did. The uh, the store like our LGS uh, now was kind of unrecognizable compared to what it used to be. Um, on a typical Friday night at our LGS. There was 30 to 40 constructed players and three, four, five pods of drafters, like mm-hmm. pretty much every Friday. Um, and I, like every night during the week also. N- not quite that many, but there was events firing there, every night of the week. There also. was a, typically in six to like 20 person event Tuesday wednesday thursday when i first started playing mm-hmm. there was like a standard event on like thursday to kind of like see if your deck was good enough to play at fnm right there was a tuesday modern and maybe there wasn't a wednesday thing there might have been a wednesday thing i feel like there was i think they drafted monday and wednesday right maybe yeah yeah monday was wednesday legacy for a while oh yeah 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 right but like yeah there was there was a lot um uh, going on so yeah. i know we've maybe gone over this before but like you were in the store before i was right and yeah, so, for a little bit yeah so just like when you go to like a job or something if someone's been there like a week longer than you have and you you always just assume they've been there forever right they right. were here <laughs> they were here when you got here so they must have like 55 years experience it's like well, they're 22 they've been here for 55 years since before they were born <laughs> they were here right and it's like He's only been here two weeks longer than you. Seems like forever, right? So, like, I uh, started playing Magic again with Duels of the Planeswalkers on my Mm. iPad, on my hunting moon. How I'm still married is beyond (laughs) comprehension. And then I went to the store and I went on, like, a Sunday night uh, in the middle of of August. It was apparently smash night. So it was all CRT TVs, body odor, and there was no air conditioning. So they just oh, had yeah. the doors open. This is like peak old, old, old store. Yeah. Right. And uh, I couldn't figure out how to spend money. Like, just couldn't. I was just like, all right, I'm leaving. Couldn't find the shopkeep. Uh, yeah. So I, I came back later and was like, okay, I'm going to try to not spend money on this game. And like, how can I do this on the cheap? <laughs> And uh, started playing uh, constructed, mm-hmm. uh, and I play. I started playing right before rotation, so I was trying really hard not to buy cards that were going to rotate. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing like standard. Yeah. Um, and then I started drafting more 
when uh well i started drafting i think because it was the tail end of blue white control from uh, theros that's not wasn't a very fun deck to play against. No, no. If they weren't dead on turn four, you were dead. Yeah, they always had a supreme verdict, and then you always were dead. And then they drew seventeen cards on your end step. Yeah, and I was like, oh. So then I started drafting. So that's what I did mainly. Mm-hmm. And there was like, with all those competitive players, like they kind of like broke off into groups. Mm-hmm. Right, there were different players that were different levels of competitive. Different, well, there was different, like, like I don't want to call them clicks, but they were kind of clicks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even even players f- from the same like, um, like average skill range would like hang out with certain groups of people. Yeah, and um, so like we like started kind of gravitated towards each other at some point. Yeah, well. You had mentioned, like, right before we started the show, that you couldn't really remember the first tournament that we went to together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because we had both been to tournaments, like, not together before that. So it's hard to figure out which one, like, we actually went to together. You know what I mean? I think, um, like, we went to, the we went to, like, uh, a Charlotte Modern thing that you day-twoed with Jund. But we didn't go together. Yeah, well, I think that was my third event. Yeah, that might have been my same like number. I think I went with like yeah. Cameron and those guys. And yeah, you went with like, I used to travel with Nick. Like me and Nick would make travel yeah. arrangements together. Um But I like I played with you guys at that uh that Star City Open that I came in like 11th at the standard challenge or whatever they mm-hmm. called it. Like, cause I think I played with you guys in that event, didn't I? And I think that was modern. Maybe. I, I just remember that you, we, we had gone like the people I went with had gone. And then you, yeah. like I wasn't with you, hadn't traveled with you, but you like day two. Yeah. You remembered it. Cause, cause I day two. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered it. Cause I day two also. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then like, there was like, you know, we went to an, an open and then, uh, like, I don't know. They start to run together because mm-hmm. there, there was like a, uh, a brief time listener where the state of North Carolina was not off limits for, uh, things, wizards yeah. of the coast and magic. And mm-hmm. so the Charlotte convention center had like, two or three events a year. Yeah, there was a ton of stuff happening. And so, like, they all just kind of, like, mushed together and, like, you know, and, like, cardboard and bojangles, and you're just not, (laughs) like, which event did I eat this biscuit at? I don't remember. Um, But at some point... Well, it also matters if it's bojangles or Chick-fil-A, because we could have been in Atlanta also. This is very true. Very, very true. Without having to go to like a, an accidental smash tournament to get to the magic, right? It's like, hey, <laughs> you've got you've got to survive for three minutes playing CS:GO, and then you get to go to the magic tournament. Well, I guess I don't get to go to the magic tournament. <laughs> can I just run into a corner? Where's everyone? Can I run in the opposite direction, please? Hey, um, man, I played a lot of Counter Strike back in the day when I was in college. Whew. 
I'm surprised I graduated. <laughs> Dude, now our reflexes are slow. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't hang anymore, man. After uh, after second semester, our my like class size for the major that I was in was decreased by two thirds because of uh, Counter Strike. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. So like but that was before CS:GO though. That was like OG Counter Strike. Oh, yeah, OG. So yeah. yeah, so we had all these competitive people. They started to kind of like group together and kind of like go off in their own direction to um to go to uh, events. And then at yeah. some point we just kind of like <clears throat> took two groups and kind of mushed them together. Well, I think like all of the groups started to merge a little bit. Um as the competitive scene like because the competitive scene has been in decline for lo way longer than we have been doing this show for it's mm -hmm. not like a recent uh recent event that happened and like as the competitive scene kind of declined some i think a lot of the groups started combining and there was a lot more like cross cross pollination i'll call it <laughs> yeah i think that part of the reason that things declined this was still kind of at like the peak of like organized play, the peak of uh, yeah. Watsi's powers in that regard. Yeah. But I think it was more that, um, right, a lot of the people that were like the old guard mm -hmm. on some level aged out. Right. Right. I, they kind of are went through what we're going through now, though, like, I don't know, perhaps uh, less antagonistic from Wizards. But, um, <laughs> Like a lot of those people got ended up with kids, mm -hmm. or like had kids, and were still like trying to go to events. Yeah, they didn't just like find them on a corner. Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> had kids and were still going to events, and then at some point we're just like, I I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. there are three kids at home, I can't just be like, hey wife, I'm going to Charlotte for the weekend. Bye. Yep. Right, and so like that happened with some people, so they would just come out for. Uh, Oh, there was a special guest for a second. There uh, was just for a second. Yeah. Um but like they they like kind of like made the decision to kind of stop doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So like those old heads went away and like somehow we became the old heads mm -hmm. like after like playing for like a year or two and I was like, "Well, I guess we should go do things." Yeah. And so like those groups started to come together because they started to like people started to fall off. Yeah. So a little bit of history of the show was we started this show, uh, not just me and Brian, right? We started this kind of as an activity with our like traveling team. Yeah. So we had, gosh, we had like six to eight people we like consistently traveled with. Yeah. And, yep. and we had a, we had, we had a name and everything. We did. We were team dead AF. D-E-D-A-F. And that moniker came because... Uh, poor Cameron. But it would be the people would walk up on Cameron and go, whew, you're dead AF, and just, like, walk away. <laughs> and so that became the, the, the team name was, was dead AF. So mm -hmm. that group, um, as, as with many things in life, right... Things sound like a good idea, and then it's much harder to go from good idea to thing happening. Yeah. So it was when like we were 
like when we would travel to events, we uh, ended up spending lots of time with a lot of people cra- crammed into a little car. Mm-hmm. And we would always talk about, like on the way to an event, we'd talk about sideboarding, uh, what your sideboard plans are, deck choices, you know, whatever, just magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd listen to coverage. And on the way home, we'd always talk about how the event went and what we you know, think we could have done better, what our mistakes were, blah, 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 blah. And I think at one point we had somebody take notes, right? Didn't Probably? Logan take notes of one of our like drives? Maybe. Or something? I think I remember that. Yeah. And we also dipped into um, magic business. Like, how are they not making monies at these events? Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, okay, how are we advertising? Like, all that kind of stuff as well. So we, like, basically did free podcasts in, like, four-hour mm-hmm. car rides. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so you were like, we should just do a podcast. Yeah. And... It, it kind of made sense because, like, at that time, like you said, we were kind of like the old guard at that point. And we'd always be answering judge questions and you know, the new players would always ask us for advice and especially during like preview season. Um, you know, we had, because we were like a traveling team, we, we had our own group chat and like during spoiler season, you know, an interesting card would get spoiled and we'd spend, you know, an hour or more, all eight of us talking about whatever this new exciting card was and then show up to F and M that week and have to go over the whole conversation all over again with you know one or two other people that had asked us about whatever card it was um did you see such and such would it be good in such and such and it's like "Hmm, maybe this this is why that card's good this is why that card's bad here's Um, here's an an analog from four years ago that saw play or didn't see play yeah maybe here's another way to look at that card Mm -hmm. um kind of like deep single card deep Mm -hmm. dives um and we thought that you know it might be easier and less time consuming if we kind of just made a podcast about it Mm -hmm. so not only about all the how to play stuff and you know questions and whatever but um the single card stuff like during spoiler season especially i I know got kind of old after having the same conversation three or four times like back to back to back yeah uh, so the podcast was a way to like make notes of all that so that everyone was kind of on the same page, at least at our LGS. Like, I yeah. don't know that we ever really expected it to get any bigger than our LGS. We never but... thought people from like the far off land of Missouri would be, uh, <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it, would be, uh, would be listening to the podcast or yeah, like you got people uh, worldwide, man. Yeah. Gosh, what was, oh gosh, I, what was the guy's name from, from England? Oh gosh, he used to email us. Was it Ken? Yeah, Ken Sexsmith. Yeah, Ken yeah. would Ken would email us all the time. We were we were international. Yeah, is wild. Still are. Yeah, but so that was like the idea, and so we thought that it would be like the group, right? Like well, either yeah. either everyone from the team. Or, like, you know, like, kind of a rotating cast of characters. Well, yeah, we thought it'd be good for the show, because everybody had, like, different specialties, like, formats mm-hmm. that they preferred and archetypes that they preferred. So, like, if your favorite deck was, um, I don't know, pick a deck, like... In fact. 
Yeah, if your favorite deck was Modern Infect, you're probably pretty good like at Modern also. So you could talk about, obviously, your favorite deck in Modern, but you could probably also talk about the format as a whole because it's your favorite deck. And same thing goes with Legacy and Standard and Draft and Mm -hmm. whatever else you were playing. We all enjoyed different formats, and we all enjoyed mostly different archetypes too we had combo players we had mid-range players we had aggro players um we had too many control players (laughs) isn't that always the problem though? this is always the problem yes (laughs) too many cooks yes um but yeah we thought it'd be good for the show you know if we had all of these different viewpoints you know rotating around talking about you know similar topics like time chronologically or whatever Mm -hmm. like we thought it'd make for good content. If you go way, 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 way back in the archives, you'll find, like, we had Cameron on to talk about Infect. I think we had Logan on to talk about a, a draft format yeah, or something. Christos has talked about stuff from time to time. Mm-hmm. But, like, what happened was, was, like, you were like, I want to do a podcast. And then you're like, who wants to record? And it was radio silence. <laughs> and I was like, fine, well, I'll do it. Right? Like, because you'd like got the stuff and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, a, a mic that we used to all huddle around and record. Yeah, that mic is somewhere in my house now. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it used to be like a desk in my upstairs room, and then occasionally the desk in your upstairs room yeah. on, a, on a suspect Dell laptop. That now sits yep. unplugged beside me. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was just, like, us on, like, one, like, Yeti snowball. And we'd yep. invite, like, people up in their PA third person around the Yeti snowball. <laughs> and it'd be like... Well, yeah. I think our first episode, we were all there, weren't we? There was, like, six of us all around the, the were snowball. That, was it? I know that, I like, so. the like I thought that, like, the first episode or, like, a practice episode... We tried to list off everyone on the team and we forgot someone. So that's how the show oh, notes started. Yeah. That's yeah, how maybe. show notes started was we tried to list off everyone on the team and we forgot someone. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we have to write stuff down. We can't just wing it. We have yep. to actually like think about like make sure we don't forget things that we want to say. Mm-hmm. And thus, like I think on episode two or three, show notes were born. <laughs> and have have been there ever since have been there ever since thankfully yeah. um, it only took me about three years to figure out that it, i could just make a template and i didn't have to make them from scratch every week hey <laughs> baby steps man baby steps yep. uh you got there that's what matters that's um, right so yeah like we we just started this like you said to kind of like be a resource for people like locally yeah and, like, you know, if more people listen to it, great. Again, like, I I don't know how, like, with the bajillions of podcasts, how anyone ever finds this. Yeah. Like, how, how your YouTube algorithm, not YouTube, your, well, YouTube algorithm now, or your iTunes algorithm is like, oh, you listen to this thing? You may also, like this i mean it's it's wild because whenever we get like a new patron um you you know we're a small show so i try and 
like get to know our patrons a little bit because you know we're small so i can still do that hopefully at some point we'll be big enough where i can't do that but right now i can so i do so one of the things that i ask them you know what formats do you enjoy what kind of archetypes do you enjoy what's your favorite deck when did you start playing how would you start playing but i always ask them how they found the show also and almost every single time it's oh i was just looking through spotify or i was just looking through itunes wow yeah wild so (laughs) yeah and if you've been listening for a while you you have noticed that like we used to be more of a like week to week um what's going on what's going on with the metagame what was the like oh hey there was a big scg event that had like an interesting result or like this type of deck did really well we should yeah. talk about that because people are going to be like playing that or like, oh, let's talk about this deck. And as uh, Wizards has taken the uh, good shift organized play and like run it aground, we have kind of turned uh, more. They didn't run it aground, man. It's it's at the bottom of the ocean. Fair. Remember last year that ship full of GTI sank in the middle of the Atlantic? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah, it was like right during the car shortage. We had a whole ship full of cars. Oh, yeah, down. yeah. When you said GTIs, I thought graphics cards. But, yes, I do remember, oh, no. I do remember yeah. that. No, cards. Yeah, the the, uh, the OP ship is right next to it at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> right beside it. Somehow yeah. it got stuck in the Suez Canal, and then it just sank. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that happen? Um, but, yeah, so we've, like, kind of changed to kind of what we are now, which is a little, a little strategy, a little like newsy stuff. Uh, two guys talking about magic. Two guys talking about magic. Um, hey, if you plug for the Patreon and the pre-show, if you want to hear two guys talking about D and D, you can <laughs> you can check out this week's pre-show. Get it while you still can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> before before the before uh, things change, yeah. uh, but. Yeah, so we've we kind of had to change over the years because like one of the things, one of the episodes that people really liked was like, you know, we would sometimes do like, hey, we're going to a tournament. Here's our prep. Here's what we've done. Yeah. Oh, hey, here's how we did at the tournament, right? Yeah. And, and we don't get to do those anymore. I I miss I miss the times of being in, uh, sketchy to moderate hotels. <laughs> with like continental breakfasts and, and having all my Hilton points and getting yep. the occasional free room. Right. The good old days, the good old days um, of uh, finding random places in, in towns to eat. I think that was almost the best part of traveling. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if, if we ever get to the point of traveling again, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to go to like the magic fest in Philly. So, uh, you've got to find the right person to book your rooms, right? So, price is important, but it shouldn't be the ultimate deciding factor. <laughs> yeah. So we had we had our our room booker for a while was Nick, and so Nick. Th- this was before I started traveling with you guys. Okay. Because I, I, kinda... I was still traveling with other Nick at this point. Okay. Oh yeah, I kind of took it over after a while. Uh, yeah. cause like we got a hotel that was like 
25 or 30 minutes outside of Charlotte. Our rooms were on the first floor, but the first floor was subterranean. So you just had the little, the little like cellar windows. And you know what those cellar windows looked at? Freight train tracks two <laughs> feet from the hotel. Oh, man. And the floors were so dirty, they were sticky. My socks were mm. black. <laughs> now, apparently he would go on the like bed bug-like website to make sure there weren't bed bugs in the hotel. Well. I guess but, at least he did that. But it was the cheapest hotel you could get without bed bugs. And yeah. I finally was like, uh, I'll, we can spend a little bit more money. Yeah. And like, like this place, I remember the breakfast was they just had those like dispensers of cereal where you like twist them in the cereal. <laughs> that was breakfast. I was like, no, no, we got to No, we got to do better than this. Like, we're going to go spend yeah. $12 at like. Bojangles when we could have spent $12 to not have sticky floors and a freight train <laughs> and got free breakfast. I'm pretty sure uh, that event where you guys had that experience, the other Nick and I stayed at the Westin right across the street. Yes, the and you guys like center. walked right over. Walked right over. It was the, awesome. So the like, It was super clean. It was gorgeous. There was nice, like... Uh, nice omelet for breakfast. There was like team adult. Yeah. And then like team young fellas and then me and i was somehow over there and i finally was like no i gotta adult this up a little bit and yeah. then we like like you got to the point that was like oh we're going here like oh this hotel is nice we'll yeah. stay at this one because it has free parking yeah. or like you know uh one of our traditions was we would go to uh outback after events yep so we like knew the best outbacks and areas <laughs> Had to get a bloomin' onion. Had to get a bloomin' onion. After day one or day two. It was usually day one, because, like, day two you had to, like, make the long drive home. But it was, like, bloomin' yeah. onion. We also went to some pretty sketchy uh, outbacks. <laughs> um, it was like, where's the nearest outback? It was like, okay, here. And you'd go, and you'd be like, this does not look like the best place to get a bloomin' onion. But we're already here. And it's, like, 930. <laughs> we can't go somewhere else. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so th those were the times, but we used to we used to get like usually two rooms, mm -hmm. um, and it would be uh, James got his own bed because he was he was the adultiest adult, <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be like we'd like split rooms. So it'd be like we'd split a bed. There'd be someone on the floor. We, we usually get like five or six in a room. Yeah. And yeah, that was, my back doesn't do the floor, so I needed a bed. And yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Something about sharing beds with basically anybody that's not the person I've been sleeping next to for the last 20, 24 years. <laughs> 24 years. Wow. Yeah, we started dating in high school and moved in like right when we went to college. So, yeah, 20, 24 years. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so... We we would often get like rooms like um get like two rooms like right across from each other. Uh gosh, remember we went to uh Washington and I screwed up and I booked the hotel by the wrong place. <laughs> the wrong convention center. The yeah. wrong convention center. 
we got good food in DC. oh yeah the hotel was super nice and it was a much nicer part of town but yeah the the event wasn't in dc and we were in dc the event was in dulles (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like that that was the converted lows yeah and you got a you got a speeding ticket on the way there uh, I got it while we were there. No, no, was... going to the event. Like I felt bad oh. because I had parked so. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were so far away. You were speeding to get to the event. We got, we got a, uh, we got got. Yeah, it wasn't going to the hotel. It was going to the event. It was going to the event from the hotel. Yeah. I was like, oh man, if I would have just not screwed up and <laughs> right, if I would have just got us the hotel, it was in the parking lot of this Lowe's. This would not be an issue. Virginia is the worst to get nabbed into. Yeah. Um. What other fun things? Well, our last so, event was Modern Horizons. Yeah, that was our last big event one as well. Yeah. No, no, the Legacy event. We were doing the podcast. Then. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep, you're right. Yeah, my the, the weirdest thirty points in history with my three draws. <laughs> yeah. Nine, three, and three. Um, was. No, the Oko event was after Legacy, right? Oh yeah, o- was Oko after? Yeah, Oko was. Yeah. So it was it was GP Oko. Yep. Richmond. Well, in all honesty, our actual last event was on the podcast. We talked about it. It was the Dumpster Fire Open. Oh, that's true. That was like when that, COVID started. That was. Um, that was in it was January, January, January February. Yeah. Like it was right before it all went down. Like it was the same weekend yeah. as the, um, that like Saltai Uro won like the Pioneer event when like Pioneer was brand new. Well, like, I mean, it, you were playing Pioneer at that event. Pioneer was brand new. You were playing, um, I was playing Fossil Inverter. Oracle Inverter, yeah. Playing Inverter, yeah. Uh, that didn't last much longer. Um, and then... Uh, Inverter got COVID. Didn't make it through. No. <laughs> I can't exile <laughs> libraries. <laughs> I can't smell libraries anymore. <laughs> Help. Um, and then he has long COVID. He's just not allowed to, he just doesn't have the strength to exile libraries anymore. Never um, again. Never Still again. Can't do stairs. Still can't smell anything. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that was our last event, which yeah. is, it was me, you, and Cameron uh, doing it. Like, we just decided to go do a team event. Mm-hmm. You were on Standard? I was playing Standard. Was I don't remember what deck I was playing, though. Corvold, I think? I thought you were playing, like, I thought you were playing some Cat Oven deck. Or did you play no, against played, Cat Oven? I played against Cat Oven. I don't think I played Cat Oven. I forget what it was then. Yeah, I don't remember. And then Cameron was on Modern. Was he on Infect? Yeah, but he was on that weird, like, Teferi Splash Infect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teferi Splash Infect. Uh, simpler times. <laughs> simpler yeah. times. It was like Bant Infect with Teferi and Mom. Oh, yeah. Or, or, like Mom or, or Stepmom. Stepmom, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Mother of Runes at home. Yes, <laughs> mother rooms at home. <laughs> I want mother rooms. We have mother rooms at home. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and that was. Uh, and then we did like some weird draft that was just like 
you played like one match. It was like a turbo draft. You drafted and yeah. you played. That was actually kind of fun. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Um, and then we were like, "Yep." Like I think we left that morning. Like we didn't even mm-hmm. go back to the event hall. I was like, "That was bad. We're getting out of here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go home. Well, there was also, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was right before COVID, and there were lots of, lots of people that weren't feeling well in that event hall. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think we had, I, I hadn't heard of COVID at that point. I don't no. know if you or Cam had, but there was a there was definitely some crud going around that event hall. I mean, I um, I I have a feeling uh, that COVID got here in December because yeah. I think I've told this before. Uh, I will I'll leave out um, identifiers, but my brother's company has a factory in Wuhan. And Mm -hmm. one of his colleagues went to Wuhan in December when it was first starting in China and came back with a terrible fever and was really sick. And then the entire entire plant that my brother worked at got sick over the course of the next month. Mm. And it's like, hmm, that seems very convenient. Odd how that lined up. But would not have surprised me if there was a bunch of people with the Rona in that convention hall. Yeah. My yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law got, like, deathly ill in December also. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there were, there were no tests at that point, so. Yeah. It was nothing on our radar, but it's like, it could have it yeah. been here. But, uh, yeah, so... And, like, we left, and it was one of those things that, like, I think that we were planning on going to an event in, like, later in February or, like, uh, in March. Yeah, we were. There, there, well, there was supposed to be a Charlotte. Oh, was Mr. there? was allowed back into North Carolina. There was supposed to be a GP in Charlotte in March, I think, March or April. Yeah, so it was like, well, this didn't go Actually, well. I think it was the first event that Wizards canceled was. Yeah, it may have been. And so, like, we were like, yeah, it's, like. This didn't go well, but we, we're going to run it back. Yeah. And then we've not been to an event since. Nope. Nope. Unfortunately. So sad. So sad. So we just talked about the last event that we went together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think of the first event that we went to, that we went as a team. Because like I said, when we started this show, it used to be like a team function. Or that's yeah. what the intent was. Was the first event that we did as a team the that open in Baltimore? I thought we had done stuff before. I don't remember that because I know like we needed another standard player. Mm -hmm. So like we had we had the we had the A team and the B team. (laughs) Uh, Because it was me, Cameron, and Anthony. Yeah, and it, and was it was me, Bowman, Bowman and Logan. And you were the A team. Uh, well, okay, so the B team day two, and the A team did not. The B the B team almost got paid. Yeah, we finished like 18th on breakers. Yeah, um, it may have been that might have been the first one, and yeah. we just started going to events after that. Well. I- I mean, we had been to events together before that, mm-hmm. but I think that was the first event that we like 
tested for together and mm-hmm. like were a team for you know what i mean yeah we like used... actual team dead af i think that was the first event yeah so for the longest time uh my wife well girlfriend then fiance then wife didn't live in the same state and then not in the same county yeah so i was uh single for uh uh the purposes of hanging with the boys. So <laughs> for all intents and purposes, you for are. all intents and purposes, I was single. So like we would go to Cameron's place, and Cameron had um, a big kitchen table, mm-hmm. and uh, the kitchen table l- looked conveniently at the TV. Yep. And um, he and his roommate uh, Bowman had a Domino's addiction, and so. <laughs> Uh, we would go over and there would just be, and Logan worked for Domino's, so we sometimes could get a very small hookup. Uh, or we'd have Logan bring us our pizza so he could say, hey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes he'd just stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're my last delivery. I'm done. Um, and then we would go over and like test for hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd watch whatever coverage was on TV and we'd jam game after game after game trying to come up with different ways to test like sideboard plans and i know at one point we like we're changing the way that we played the game so that we could specifically test our sideboard cards mm-hmm. played like, more sideboard games well we take like the top 20 cards and shuffle our sideboard cards into those so mm, that we yeah knew, like when we played a game we would see our sideboard cards so we could actually see if they were good yeah um but we did that for like, I think for every, like, big event, mm-hmm. like, less so for, um, like, like, we were just going, like, to a weekend thing, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, like a Saturday, like, PTQ. Yeah. Right? Like, we would maybe would do that, like, less. But if we were going to, like, if we were going to drive to Charlotte or Atlanta or D.C., it was, like, okay, we're going to do this, like, every day for, like, two weeks. Yeah. So like we get off of work and just show up at Cameron's house, and then play for like four hours mm-hmm. or longer, and then go and then do it again the next day. Yep. It, it was actually kind of nice because you'd like you'd have two people playing the games, and you know depending on what format the event was, sometimes like there'd be multiple of us on the same deck like going mm-hmm. to an event. And it was kind of nice where you'd have like two people really checked into the game. And then you'd also have two people like watching that game Mm -hmm. that would have kind of a different point of view because they could see, you know, what was happening on both sides instead of just from one perspective. Or like, okay, you did this for what reasons? Okay, I was going to do this for these reasons, right? Which one do we think is like the better decision kind of deal? Yep. Uh, Not that any of that matters anymore, but... <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Anthony doing stuff and me being like... Like, Logan being like, oh, don't attack. And I'm like, aren't we trying to get him dead? Don't we just, like, nine him and then nine him again? Like, yeah. we, we gotta, like, get people dead here. I mean, that's um, what I always do. Matt's for blockers, man. Yeah, attack. Turn them well, sideways. Oh, well, you don't have the game under control yet. Well, the game's under control if they're dead. <laughs> if we just that's sit right. here with... If we just sit here with this Avacyn and not attack... 
they're gonna... The only way I have to draw cards is to make my opponent have them in their hand when he's dead. Yeah. Um, so, like, going back to, like, how we, like, you know, ask people asking us for advice, like, the way that, like, Anthony started hanging with his, his he did a draft. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for some reason asked me for help. <laughs> and so I helped him. I think I helped someone else, and he saw me help someone else. And then he came over and asked me for, like, help with his deck. Yeah. Uh, and so I helped him with his deck. And then he just kind of, like, hung out. And I was like, hey, okay, this is Ethan. Hey, this is this is this guy I just met. And he just was like, he's like, oh, okay, I have friends now. This is good. Because he had just moved from, like, California to here. Yeah. And he knew no one. It was like, magic. I'll meet some well-adjusted social people through magic. And it's like, cool. Oh, yeah. Probably don't smell at all. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a roll of the dice there. Yeah. It's like, I can give you well-adjusted social or clean I give you two out of the three. You get to pick. That's right. You, <laughs> you can't have all. all three. You can't have all three. I social and well adjusted. Oh, sorry, social, <laughs> social and clean, not well adjusted. So <laughs> I, I know which one I'm missing. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that was, and that was sometimes how how it worked. Was just like someone would be like, hey, like, could you hop out with this? Or like, what do you think about this? And then you would just like, you know. Yeah. But it, it is funny, like, something that is, like, lost, and it might just be, like, the Zoomers and uh, and just, you know, the age of arena. Like, it used to be that, like, new people would wander into the store. And, right. like, no, I know I haven't. I haven't wandered into the store in a while. All right, so I'm part of the problem. But, like, even before COVID, there were less, like, new people wandering yeah. into the store less people coming from like the local university right remember well, what... i don't know how many like actual less people they were but like they all got funneled to commander true true but as you say remember arena event finder mm-hmm. right like i remember like when my wife was looking for her uh, uh interviews for residency mm-hmm. i would just like she'd be doing her interview and I'd just like drive around the town and just get on Wizards Event Finder and like look for magic shops to go like check stuff out in. Yep. Back back in the right at the like edge of when like some shops just had cards priced and some mm-hmm. shops like use the online pricing. Right. And every so often you go into a store, they would be like, We want five dollars for this. I'm like, Oh, that's not a five dollar card anymore. Gimme, gimme, yeah. gimme, gimme, gimme. Right, so I used to just like drive around and do that, and like see the town and Wizards Event Finder things, uh, and well, like you were big on picking up like random drafts at random stores too, right? I did that for a while too. I just go like draft yeah. places. Uh, I went and visited my parents, and just like went and like wrecked wrecked some standard events at the local store. Yeah, because like our our store was a bunch of people that were like good like above average to good like pt grinder people yeah yeah. right we were like we would like we could top eight events but like a lot of times like you know just like one like bad thing would happen and you're like you'd be second or like oh like my matchups are amazing if like i win this first matchup and then like you know you miss your land drop against stupid golgari 
<laughs> now, I was never going to win that one because I could never beat Blue Green Flash ever. But like, that's playing fires against like Questing Beast should not been an issue. Um, <laughs> but it just didn't hit my land drop. Um, but like, we were like, so our whole store, like a lot of our store was like the consistently the top eight of like the the local event so like if you just went to like you know some like random store someplace and like played casual like playing some more casual people was just like oh okay easy mode yeah you you get got and like say like the average player in our store like if we're on a grade and like mm -hmm. you know kitchen tables f and like pro tour is a like our Mm -hmm. store was probably b plus a minus somewhere in there somewhere in there i'd say like you know b-ish on average yeah like we had a very good very competitive store and like that's not where the money is the money is making your your shop keep uh pull 100 individual cards for a deck yeah that's something that we never talked about that we were going to talk about that and we didn't (laughs) well the uh that that article about how like it's like Pulling a hundred PDH cards is just terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brad, the reason it's terrible is because they get a dollar thirty-five and they spend two hours pulling your dollar thirty-five worth of cards. Nobody wants to make seventy cents an hour. Yeah, no, it was, uh, but like, uh, uh, yeah. So like those players, like it's just all kind of dried up. So, mm-hmm. like, it would be fun to like. You know, and like I've lost touch with a lot of a lot of them. Like I don't even think some of them are in the area anymore. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure most of them aren't. Yeah. So it's just like, oh. Like it was a good it was one of those things that like like magic was the thing that we had in common. So mm-hmm. it kinda like held us together. Like if you didn't have anything to talk about, it was just like, okay, talk about like you know, the random spoilers or like some deck or some like piece of content. Yep. And instead now now we don't have that anymore. It's a shame. Womp womp. Yeah. We still have the show though. We still have the show. Four years going strong. The one thing we kept out of all of that. One Wizards th- can't take it from us. No. At least not until they do the same thing to us that they're doing a D and D. Yeah. And then they might they might have the show. <laughs> they, they might they might have it. Yes. Yeah. So we've got about ten mm, ish minutes left of like show. Do you want to touch on uh, our our storm scale part two a little bit? Yeah, we can. Uh, I mean, we can probably blow through this pretty quick. Right? Yeah. So if you remember a couple weeks ago, we they did the storm scale article where like the Basically, the um, odds of something being reprinted is set from, like, flying to storm, with storm being the least reprintable and being, like, a 10. Tied with dredge. Tied with dredge. Um, And they did storm in Modern Horizons 2. No dredge. We got dredge in Modern Horizons 1. A card. Yeah. Shenanigans. (laughs) <laughs> yeah now we have like the best storm card in legacy is um galvanic relay yeah um but so this is an article that Morrow goes through and is like hey here are the mechanics he kind of did like two years worth 
Yeah, it was weird how he did it. I don't know if he like missed missed one, missed or... a year or something. Yeah, but he kind of did two years worth of cards. So, um, so part one was up to like um, battle for Zendikar, or sorry, ben- Zendikar Rising slash like Strixhaven. Yeah, and then this, and then this is from there till I think now. Well, is it? Yeah, I got. I guess I'm, I'm scrolling. No, it's only through the end of Strixhaven, because okay. I guess Strixhaven well, they're, they're had a million mechanics. Order too. A little. It's weird. So yeah, whatever. We'll whatever. So modal double face cards. So these are our lands. Well, our spells <laughs> that have lands on the back. Our creatures that also have enchantments and artifacts and other stuff on the back. Yeah, where you get to choose which face you're going to cast. Basically yeah. a split card. Basically a split card. Before okay. we uh, read what Morrow says, what do you think about modal double face cards? Mm, they are fine in moderation, mm-hmm. but like, I think one of the reasons that words and complexity crept so much over this time was it should be, they should kind of be like fire ice, where it's like, two really simple effects stapled together but instead a wall of text on each face yeah instead it's like the lands were fine but like uh will uh rowan and will where it's like you you have a planeswalker on each side it's like come on so uh so if you remember morrow grades these on how popular they were so modal double face cards were very popular and like agreed the lands were kind of a game changer. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're kind of like the channel lands that they're almost like a free roll. Yeah. Where it's like, I guess I'll just play a land. Right. Right. Um, he says that these have large design space because like you've got two whole sides of a card. You can do whatever you want. I- I would argue that it's twice as much design space as a normal card. I would agree. <laughs> um, and they are uh, uh, very flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanically speaking, they are the design, the development and play design is neutral, not problematic. Because I guess we just live in a land of sleeves now. I mean, basically. Yeah. Playability. Playability is affected because, you know, there is, you have to have sleeves. Or a checklist card. Yeah. And then they put this at like a four, which is kind of. Um, pretty likely to return. Pretty likely to return. Yeah. Like not. So four. So what was four? Four is things like morph, convoke, exalted. Yep. Right. Those um, are fine mechanics. Yeah. Like we're kind of due for morph. Well, I mean, we're going back to. Are we going here? Aren't we? Oh, we are. Or no, no, we're not. We're going back to uh, Ixalan and Throne, Ixalan, yeah, and, and Eldraine, because you know everyone's clamoring for more bad pirates. Um, <laughs> and then party, party on. Party was very was unpopular. I wasn't a huge fan. See, it's weird though because. Um, I don't know. Like, there were a lot of people saying that party should have been in 
AFR. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine if it wasn't at least a little popular, I wouldn't have heard constantly, oh, yeah, they should have done Party in AFR. So I brought that up just because, like, since AFR was the Dungeons & Dragons set, right, it seems like to make the most sense to put the most overtly <clears throat> smack you in the face Dungeons and Dragons mechanic in the Dungeons and Dragons set. Well, right. But like we had Zendikar first. So yeah, party I, was already, like we learned about party in Zendikar and we had already played with it. And then, I mean, I understand your point also, but I also had a lot of feedback of people saying we should get more of it in AFR. Okay. I, Not that it should have been an AFR instead. Yeah. I was of the mindset it should have been AFR instead. And apparently from what we had read at the time, uh, Chad was like, bro, we're going to do Dungeons & Dragons, bro. We own that IP, bro. Yeah. And uh, it was so late in development, they couldn't pull Party out of Zendikar to move to the other set. Um, And like I could see like it being unpopular because like you can't do it. Like, your cards literally don't have text or very little text because how hard is it to get four creatures on the battlefield, all with different types, to get you you then paid off, right? Especially, like, in a constructed format, they're just like, I guess I will save my removal spell for the best of these and kill it when you play the one that, like, you know, uh, activates Exodian. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, it just wasn't, it wasn't something that you have to do a whole lot. Right. So it didn't feel like it was good. And so, um, and then the rest of it is like, eh, not great. For playability mentions that, like, oh, hey, you have to constantly monitor your creature types. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like. Both players do. Yeah. Which is- public public information but still kind of hidden yeah right because like maybe you don't realize what's going on and then you get like hit with like a party card you're like oh crap i guess i guess i, I guess need that to... was the thing i should have been paying attention to. yeah like oh man like like uh attack you uh all my creatures are unblockable why because yeah. oh, i played this guy over here who's a warrior to go with my other things oh i didn't i didn't realize mm. yeah so so that's a storm scale of eight Again, not likely to return. Not likely to return. Uh, but um, yeah, somehow like with uh, with madness, which like I feel like madness is a fine mechanic. I, I like madness. I think so it's do a I. Um, I mean, maybe that's just my degeneracy showing. I but. guess this didn't. This next one doesn't feel like an. Uh, a like mechanic. There's a couple things on here that really aren't mechanics. Um, and this they've used outside of just this set, like more recently. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, snap on equipment. So equipment that enters the battlefield and like automatically attaches to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a fine mechanic. And like you said, I'm not sure that it's actually a mechanic. But because of the fact that I don't think it's actually a mechanic, that probably means that it's pretty easy to reuse. Yeah, it's not like you have it. Like, sometimes it's hard to reuse a mechanic because the keyword doesn't fit Yeah. easily. You're like, probably not going to have snow and Amonkhet. 
Yeah, or like blood is a pretty much a pretty vampire centric thing. Yeah. So like that is a hard mechanic I would think to just like have show up randomly. Yeah. Right. Like you've got to like actually design the set around it. Unless you just want to be like, well, this random vampire makes blood for reasons in, like, your yep. core set. So, like, the trade-off for these snap-on equipment was that um, they had really high equipped costs. Yeah, you got the first one free, but then you paid for it after that. Yeah, then you paid for two equips on the on the next one. So, again, this one was popular. The design space is medium. Because I guess you have to balance the equip cost with the first one being free. And then everything else is good. And they have it as like a two. So like I would not be surprised to see this coming back soon. And we've seen it before where like we have like you make a token and you put the equipment on the token. It's like kind of like bad living weapon. Yeah. Um, This is um, also one of the things they say under design space is this overlaps with auras some. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Where it kind of a, it acts as an aura. Mm-hmm. The boast was interesting, like the the discussion he has around boast. Yeah, about how we perceived it differently than they intended it. Yeah, so boast was you remember, hey, if you attack, you get to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, people perceived it as like, oh, I can't do this thing unless I attack. As opposed to, I get to do this thing if I attack. Right. So, he was saying that, like, if they templated differently, maybe it would have gone over better. Like, Mm -hmm. if it were, like, an attack trigger. Yeah. Like, when you attack, you may pay, what is this, one and a white to make a 1-1 soldier. As opposed to an ability that's all templated like an ability, but you have to attack before you can activate it. Right. So people kind of perceived it as like a drawback or like, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not as good as it should be. Or they felt like the attack trigger should have just happened and the drawback is that they have mm-hmm. to pay mana for it. So as he put it, boast fell in the bottom 25%. I think people saw this as a drawback mechanic. Here's a cool activated ability that you can't use all the time. It was meant yeah. to be an attack trigger that required mana, but I understand that how we template a mechanic matters a great deal on how it is publicly perceived. Yep. So it is storm scale six. Yeah. So mainly because it's not super well liked. I think like all of the other categories, it's probably fine. Then. Yeah, it is. And that's something that's a little concerning, right? Like how much of this, of this, like the storm scale matters and doesn't matter. Right, yeah. but how much of like, oh, we're not gonna do this mechanic again, is not so much that it was like a bad thing for the game. It's just oh, people didn't like it. I understand you're making a game that you want people to like, but like yeah. you know, like boast is like mechanically fine, mm-hmm. right? It's not too powerful. It's probably like right in the right spot for like uh, limited, and maybe like some constructed cards. But, like, oh, it's not popular, so we're just not going to do it. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, it used to be, like, I thought the storm scale was more like, hey, this thing is too powerful for the game. 
Right. Or like, how does this like kind of warp the the game of magic around it? As opposed to like, oh, this makes people feel the big sads, so we're not going to do it. Oh, this makes people happy, so we're going to do it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, but is it good for the game? <laughs> yeah, but it makes people happy. Yeah. Okay, so does, her- so does heroin. But we shouldn't do heroin. <laughs> Have some companions. Have some companions, exactly. Um. So, next up, we have Changeling. Yeah, and this is a reprint mechanic. Um, I didn't know that they put reprint mechanics on the list. Oh no, they did. They did a couple because they had like. Did they? Yeah. Because like even what's it? Uh, oh no. But yeah, they did read some reprint ones. I think last one too. All right. Um, this was back in Lorwyn and Modern Horizons that has like 400 mechanics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say that Changeling's pretty popular. Um, people like playing with tribes and jobs, I guess. And Changelings fit both of those roles. Also, they fit party. Um, mm-hmm. So it's versatile. Uh, lots of lots of design space. Um, yeah, it's it's a four. It's, we'll yeah. see it again, I'm sure. Yeah, I I like that. Like we have. Uh, any creature could have a ch- the changeling mechanically if we wanted. It would raise the cost on most cards, but there's a huge number of potential designs we could make. And it's like Realm Walker, three mana for a 2-3 that has a paragraph on it. I don't think you raise the mana cost on that one. No, no. Yeah, this... Right, like, I don't know how... It been a changeling. If it was just an elf, it would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, it would have just been... That those exact same sets. I don't know how true that is. That they have to like change the mana cost, or that they maybe they should, but would they? Well, so Changeling Outcast is a card that already exists without Changeling. It does. Oh yeah, a one mana can't be blocked, but it's blue. Can't block. Oh no, the blue one can be blocked, or can't can't can block. I guess Slitherblade's a one-two, right? Yeah, there's a black card that can't block, can't be blocked. Also, it's like okay. Lost Soul or something. I think. I I believe you. I have no idea though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, I don't know how how true that is. No, Lost Soul is. <laughs> lost Soul's a banger. Yeah. One black black. Creature minion at common. I'm sorry, it's a spirit minion now. Uh, banana. Um, swamp walk 2 1. Oh, okay, that's not the one I was thinking of. Yeah. No, but it's just funny. Like, oh, hey, this card's from like Legends. And, uh. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not the card I was thinking of. Um,. But yeah, like I don't know how much they would like actually change um, the uh, change the mana cost. But yeah, like it's a it's a mechanic that like it's funny that we saw it in Lorwyn, which is mm-hmm. at this point what fifteen years ago. Wow, really? Was it that long ago? I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. Wow, but. It, uh, Uh, 
but like a long time ago and then we didn't see it for like ever right the Lorwyn block yep 2007 2008 wow so 15 years ago and since then we've had it twice and one was like a modern horizon set mm-hmm. so like for something that is like oh it's pretty easy to come back it doesn't seem like it is it, come back that often yeah um and then we have foretell from Keldheim. um what, what do we think about foretell it is fine it is annoying, like, because it made, like, it kind of, like, neutered black decks. Because, like, you just, like, the way a black deck interacts with uh, their their opponent is, like, removal and hand disruption. And you're yeah. just like, nope, like, I'm going to put these cards over here that you can't interact with. Yeah. Right? You were like, oh, I'm going to put my... Um, Whatever it is, I'm gonna put my my sweeper, my doom scar on turn two, and like so you can't be like, oh, they have a five mana wrath, so I'm gonna wait till turn four and then like use my duress. Yeah, it's like, oh no, it's gone. It's it's been gone. <laughs> I know what it is. You know what it is. We all know that all my creatures die next turn. Yeah. Well, and like that's kind of the problem that they have with morph. Also, is like so few of them actually see play that. Like the fun part of the mechanic is that it's supposed to be kind of a guessing game, mm-hmm. and it never works out that way because there's so few of them that see play. Yeah. Um, the card I was looking for, by the way, is Tormented Soul. Tormented Soul. Okay. From M12 is one mana, one one. Can't block. Can't be blocked. So exactly, Changeling Outcast. It is Changeling Outcast without Changeling. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how much of the uh, mana cost are going to change. Yeah. Um, so apparently this mechanic was very popular. I think it's like fine. It was just the control nerds that thought it was popular because they got to play two mana, scry two, draw two, or two mana counterspell. Mm-hmm. And like those were pretty much the only ones of those cards that saw play. Yeah. Right? Like did any... It was just the stuff for control decks, right? It was Behold... Um... No, there was Sock coming, Doom Scar, Starnheim Unleashed, which was a, like sometimes a control finisher and sometimes like maybe an, like a fringe angelly thing. Yeah, I feel like I foretold a few things, and I I don't play control decks, so I don't know what I would have foretold. Yeah, let me. I feel like there was something. Uh, what were the other foretell cards? Oh, sorry, Elrond's Epiphany. Yeah. Uh, okay. Return Upon the Tide. I foretold that a few times. Um, Augury Raven. Battle Mammoth. Um, oh, Demon Bolt. You foretold oh, Demon yeah, Bolt. For- yeah, well, in Limited. Yeah, Crush the Weak. Um, trying to think of cards that like saw play. Yeah. Uh glorious protector not really um it was like a decent limited mechanic Sirolf's yeah. pack mate yeah i was just gonna say i enjoyed Sirolf's pack mate but like i think you like enjoy Sirolf's pack mate as like kind of it's it's kind of like a 
three mana. Yeah. Uh, three three draw card. Mm-hmm. Right with like Land of War Visionary being a card, you could almost just do that. Right. Um. So it was a lot of control stuff, and then a few like random creatures that saw a little bit of play. Like it was, I think they could do it where it didn't slant so heavily to like the control side. But like you, well, run... I mean, can they though? Because like the basics behind Fortell is that you're trading tempo for mana, and like control gets its tempo from like sweepers. Yeah, control's really the only deck that can trade tempo for a resource later in the game. Every every other archetype wants fair. You're leveraging your tempo. Yeah, but like if you were to, like, if if Doomscar would have like its foretell cost would have been like two white white, mm-hmm. like that makes a big difference. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like they turn the knobs like, like they were just like, well, you paid two on the front end, so you're not gonna pay. We're gonna give you that back, and like it's like some of them didn't need that extra help. Yeah. So, and like I think the cards like uh, saw it coming, and behold the multiverse like them being two mana, like really, like mattered more than like some derpy yeah. creature being two mana, right? So, but you might be right. It might just be like a design flaw with the uh with the mechanic in terms of like it slanting more control because they don't mm-hmm. care about their early mana. Right. Um but yeah it's a four. Apparently we're gonna see this again relatively okay. soon, which is fine. Yeah. I mean uh, I did not like it. It just didn't really do anything for me either. Yeah. And then we have snow. Yeah. What are your thoughts on snow? I I I don't mind snow. I was I kind of mi- excited to see it back. I don't mind snow. I think that snow in limited has the same problem as domain. Mm-hmm. Where like you kind of have to put snow cards in all the colors. Yeah. And then your draft decks end up being snow piles. Because if you remember like what was like the best draft format and like or the best draft archetype and like Modern Horizons, one of them was, like, snow garbage. Yeah. Just take all those, take snow lands and then, like, figure it out. Yep. And this had that same problem. So for limited, it's a problem, uh, I think. Um, And constructed, it's fine. Um, Like, it would be interesting, like, if they did more, like, astrolabe cards. Mm -hmm. Not in terms of, like, the mana value is snow, so almost like, um, uh, oh gosh, colorless. Yeah. Where you could have like a bottle snow guy and he's like two snow snow mm-hmm. or something. Blue snow snow. <laughs> Blue snow snow, exactly. Something like that. Um, and again, this is one that was like in Ice Age and Cold Snap. And then like apparently it showed up in Future Sight, but everything did, so that doesn't count. Yeah, same thing with Modern Horizons. Yeah, then Commander, then Modern Horizons. For something that they're like, eh, it's a five, we could probably do it. Uh, See it an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, 
So we saw it in like 1995. Mm-hmm. And then Cold Snap was early 2000s. Yep. Then Future Sight. Long gap to 2018 and it's some commander deck. It's just like, eh, we didn't go back. We don't go back to that one too, too often. I mean, unless you do unique things, like Ascendant Spirit is like a fine card, like in mm-hmm. like, but sometimes like, there's not like a really a deck building constraint with it. Right. You know what I mean? And then Learn Lesson was liked. What did you think about Learn Lesson? Um, it wasn't my favorite mechanic because there's a lot of baggage that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the sideboarding constraints are a thing, even though, you know, according to, you know, what companions have to say, like, obviously companions are worth a sideboard slot, but I don't know about devoting, you know, three or four cards in addition. It, it's just not the way that I like to play or build decks. Um, and then the flip side of that, where you get to loot instead if you don't have the lessons, is, I thought, weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand for limited they have to do something if you don't end up with lessons for your sideboard, but that was kind of strange. Yeah, they can't just be like, no soup for you. Yeah, and it's also like a mode that is easily forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not on Arena and it, like, you don't have any lessons and it doesn't, like, prompt you to you know, loot, I think a lot of players would forget that, even though Mm -hmm. it's right on the card. Because it's not, like, it's in the reminder text. It's not, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just the way that I process information, but, you know, if I have a vague concept of how something works, I'm not likely to read the owner's manual or the reminder text. Fair. I think also, like, it was a little under-costed. Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't value it on some of the cards, like it was a full card. Right? Um, I would agree with you for limited purposes, but like for constructed, really the only one that sees play is mascot exhibition. Well, that's for the lessons, but like divide by zero. Oh yeah. Right. So like divide by zero was like the three mana bounce spell that they had to ban because it was yeah. a bounce spell that drew <clears throat> you a card. So mm-hmm. it was like, and this is where, like, maybe we missed it on, like, you know, evaluation, right? If if we said, like, oh, hey, they made Blink of an Eye the kicker blue. Or they made yeah. the kicker colorless. It's just one in the blue and then colorless kicker draw a card. You'd be like, oh, they done goofed. That's yeah. divide by zero, right? It's like, oh, it's Blink of an Eye, but you get to, you know, exactly what card you're going to go draw. Mm-hmm. And it might happen to be your seven-mana win con. Or, like, the card that's going to make sure you hit your fourth land. What they tried to do, I think, was, like, with the... To make the lessons crappy enough that they didn't get played a whole lot. Yeah. Right? But, like, you know, it only took, like... But making Divide by Zero, Professor of Symbology, and Mm -hmm. Eye Twitch, like, competitively costed... That they it all just matter sit. what the card you got was. Yeah, you just and I think that's something that like we've learned over the last like couple of years is like if they're just gonna give you a card, take it. Yeah, no ma- valuable. 
yeah, no matter how you get the card or what the card is, it's like, oh, it's a bad five mana removal spell. It's like, yes, but you got it for free. Right. You played this other card you're going to play anyway. You got a two mana, two, one in white that drew you a bad five mana removal spell. That's a win. Oh, I didn't think of it like that. So, like, I think it was, like, it's a fine line, right? Like, if you, you know, perhaps price them the way, the way they're supposed to be priced, they mm-hmm. don't see any play, right? And if you price them the way they were priced here, they see a lot of standard play, but they don't go anywhere else. So, like, maybe that's a win. It was like, oh, it saw standard play, but, like, it didn't break modern. Yeah. Right? But, like, they had this thing now where... Let's say the next time they were like, oh, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make the learn cards expensive, mm-hmm. but we'll make the lessons cheap. Right now they can't do that because now you're going to, then you'd have like the Strixhaven cheap learn cards, expensive right. lessons. Now you have cheap learn, cheap lesson busted. Right. We'll be talking about like school stompy and legacy in a few years. After initiative leaves. Yeah, after they print like the, the next commander stopping. mechanic. Yeah. Um yeah, it is rigid. <clears throat> it is like whatever. Um and then Magecraft. Oh, I they really said, liked Magecraft. Oh sorry, they said that uh what's it called? Learn lesson was a six. <clears throat> I don't know if I said that. And then Magecraft you said you liked? Yeah. <clears throat> sorry. That's yeah, right. I thought Magecraft was great. <clears throat> um it's something intuitive. Um, like as a mechanic, it's something that it's hard to miss because you're always casting spells. And if you are building like a spell slinger deck, like Magecraft wants you to, obviously you care about casting spells. Um, and it's kind of a mechanic that wasn't keyworded for a long time. Like we had a lot of stuff that cared about when you cast spells, mm-hmm. like young pyromancer back in 2014 cared about when you cast a spell prowess is you know same idea mm-hmm. um so i don't even know like if you can actually call it a mechanic because like technically it's been around for much longer than it has like as a mechanic um but yeah i thought it was i thought it was cool what i enjoyed about it though was that it let you be a spell slinger deck in a deck that wasn't is it mm-hmm. like is it's always a spell slinger deck and yeah, and the um, the learn lesson stuff played well with it because mm-hmm. you ended up with a bunch of things. Strixhaven probably had more tokens than any other set mm-hmm. because, right, like you had to cut down the number of creatures you had to make right. all of these Magecraft cards work. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, that allowed you to be like, oh, well, if I, like, cast a lesson, I get the trigger for this. Or if I cast a learn card, I get the trigger for this. Then I get the trigger again later for the card I wouldn't got out of my sideboard. Yeah. Um, and the copying thing was, like, weird. Right? Like, if yeah. you, like, cast or copy. But I guess, like, the set itself was all about, like, copying spells. So it's, like, fine. But it, it, that like that is not normally like how these kind of like prowess was just like if you cast. Right. So but they have another five. Yeah. Um 
And then, so for um, the last things is mystical archive and bonus sheets. That's a mechanic? I guess. It is on the list. I feel like it's a stretch to call this a mechanic. I think he, since they basically do it like every set now. Yeah, so he's so the list is <gasps> Time Sparrow Box, Strixhaven, Modern Horizons 2, and Brothers War. Yeah. Um so, and also the list. Hmm? And also the list. But is the list but the list is only like collector boosters, so they're not draftable. It's in set boosters. Set booster, but not draftable, right? You're not supposed to draft set boosters. Right. Yeah, all right. I guess I see why you're calling it a mechanic. Like it's it's a way to like shake up draft. And it is very popular. It's been a fan favorite. And the Mystical Archives particularly was a runaway hit in Strixhaven. Um bringing back popular reprints is always a recipe for success. Okay. <laughs> now I would argue that they were not popular because it was like fun for the limited environment because that's the only okay. place they impacted, right? They right. impacted your wallet and your limited deck. I think 90% of the popularity, maybe 70, right, was from the wallet impact, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was fun if you drafted, if you opened like, you know, the stupid bomb mystical archive. And mm. it, like, sucked when you were just, like, you know, you get time-walked and limited right. from a card that's, like, not even in the set. And you're just like, oh. And your opponent gets, like, three triggers from their magecraft things. And you're just like, oh. I guess I just die now, thanks. Like, mm. my, my mystical archive was Demonic Tutor, which doesn't help <laughs> me. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, though, oh my god, the Mystical Archives Demonic Tutor, I needed one of these for my commander deck. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, so you have these two competing, like, things. Because, like, I, I'm warming up to them maybe a little, but there's a part of me that feels like the Mystical Archives kind of ruined Brothers War draft. Yeah. Right? There are definitely times... there. If I went through and we watched rewatched re all of my videos and counted how many games I'm just like, yep, I lost to this card that's not even in the set. That yeah. like doesn't feel like it's at all. What angels did you lose to? I've not lost to any random platinum angels. I've lost to like oh, really? the sure the stupid um like the eight mana three five with fire breathing fire uh, flyer mm -hmm. that they then. Stick a stick a swift foot boots up, swift foot boots on, and it's like oh like I have a removal spell, but I guess I never get to use it and I die to this thing, mm -hmm. and it's just like this is awful, or like oh hey they played a worm coil engine. Now, in fairness, I have definitely like played a Phyrexian processor and just pooped out five fives every single turn. Mm -hmm. Um. But, like, I feel like the format would have been better without a lot of that stuff. Like, I understand it's like, oh, like, the draft is so much different. And it's like, yeah, but, like, is it better? <laughs> like, different doesn't always mean better. Yeah, it's like, oh, each draft is different. It's like, 
cool, but sometimes it's like my opponent like opened an 11 that wouldn't be in this format that yeah. was in no way balanced for this format, and I just get stomped for like two turns. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, punished by splashing your third color because your opponent opened a Sundering Titan. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, I guess I got Sundering Titaned. Yeah. Um, so don't worry though, because they're not problematic. They are not. Um, At least that's what they say. Hmm. So there's a, yeah. So not there's medium design space. I mean, I, I, I would I would propose that uh, the more cards you print, the more design space there is, and they've yeah. printed more cards this year than any other year. So. There's infinite design space. Yeah. Um, it's not problematic for development and play design, and playability is not affected other than it ruins like Limited. a third of all the drafts. Yeah. Um. So. There are four. They're coming back. Yeah. So, like I said, the like the wallet impact on the people that do not own the cards phenomenal great like give them cheap cards if you own the cards you just get hosed every <laughs> single time yeah. yeah right like it's just like oh like i had this card that was 30 dollars. oh like you know again using our example of a uh, through the breach right mm -hmm. it's like oh through the breach will be expensive for a long time because it has stupid mechanic uh, uh, splice hard to reprint, hard to reprint. Like, okay, cool. Like, this card won't get reprinted a lot. Now it's just like, yo, random set. I can just put this card in there. Oh, they won't reprint Demonic Tutor. Boom, Demonic Tutor in like standard set. Yeah. Now, do I own a whole bunch of uh, foil duresses? Yes, I do. From from <laughs> this, uh. Was that before I realized that they were going to print a fancy version of every single card? So nothing mattered anymore? Yes. Yep, sure was. Right? So, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't like it just because it doesn't feel like there's any thought of, like, how does this card interact with Limited at all? Yeah. And then, like, how many of these things, like, combined with, like, dumb... Oh, God, what is it called? Dumb, like, alchemy stuff just make, like, uh, historic, like, unplayable garbage. Right? Like, we all lost to, like, Mizzix's Mastery, reanimate something, like, lose the game. And it's just like, oh, that wasn't fun. Yeah. It's like, oh. So, I don't know. Like, I understand that it's, like, kind of harmless. But it's one of those things that it's just, on some level, it's like, Here's an extra bomb you could open in limited. Did yeah. did you? No, I did not. I opened Icker Wellspring. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I got really excited when I opened Icker Wellspring. Oh yeah, but like, the person passing to you opens like um, Worm Coil Engine. Yeah. And you're like, oh, or the person on the the person in the big X to you opens Worm Coil Engine. Uh, <laughs> Who's going yeah. to win the game if you both like if the game goes like eight turns and you both draw your uh, your uh, archive on turn eight? 
not the Icar Wellspring. Not the Icar Wellspring. I mean, yeah. it did, it did the Lord's work. It drew you a card. Thank you very much. <laughs> but the the six six that dies into two three threes, right? Or like, yeah. oh, I got a platinum angel. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been fun. <laughs> um, yeah. If only, if only the Hawaii thing was true. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've gone to time. You you lose. No no. Read the card. I cannot lose the game. I can sit here for as long as I want. I cannot lose the game. Um, so yeah, so there's there is. I think with all of this stuff, I think we have a show. We have a show. We you you got the four year how the podcast started, our mm-hmm. origin story, and uh, and then a little bit of the storm scale. And neither of us fell in a vat. Neither of us fell in a vat to to yeah. have this origin. Yep. So, if you want to get at us and tell us why you love random cards in your packs for limited, uh, <laughs> you can uh, get at us on social media. Uh, at uh, just look for Casual Tired MTG, like all those social media places. We're yeah. there. All Twitter, the Discord, all that stuff. Yep. Tell us about your origin story as well. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear it. Um, if you guys want to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link at tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Help follow that link when you make any purchases at TCG player and it helps to support the show. The second is our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, if you like what we do and want to support us, you can chip a couple bucks in. You can put them on my mailing list and you get access to our pre-show and you get access to our show notes and you get our gratitude. Yes, so thanks thank to you. our patrons. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>